Welcome to Solace, a podcast about global health problems and solutions. Solace brings together locals and researchers, doctors, anthropologists, artists and activists. They co-create knowledge, stories and artwork around public healthcare in the Philippines. Welcome to a new episode of the Solace Podcast. Good day, everyone. This is a podcast on the interdisciplinary approach on public health made by Solace. And I'm Daniel Wyan, a second-year medical student from the Ateneo School of Medicine and Public Health in Pasig City, Philippines, and one of the four Solace student ambassadors. Today, I'd like to um, talk about our ethnographic research in Northern Samar. Yay! Yay! <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds interesting, right? Well, because it is. It is interesting. I've done... Um, I've done loads of st- loads of stuff that I don't think I'd ever have uh, the privilege of doing if I hadn't joined the sol- the Solace team in the first place. You know, all the good stuff. So I I guess well before I head off to telling you guys about all the fun stuff I st- fun stuff I did in Lawang, I really have to uh, thank all the people and institutions that made it possible. To the Solas research team, to Ateneo and Kili University, to the provincial government of Northern Samar, New Vic Borderlands, the Community Animation and Social Innovation Center, and to our to those who funded this research, the Arts and Humanities Research Council, the Medical Research Council, and the Global Challenges Research Fund of the UK Research and Innovation. Thank you so so much for allowing this this partnership, this research to become possible. And now, on to the super fun research bit. Yeah. <laughs> See, well, well, I guess I should um, come clean. I've actually never heard of the word ethnography before I joined uh, the research. Le- least of all know what it actually means. So when, when I was able to uh, join the Solas team, I was... I was amazed, um, to put it lightly, at all the uh, insights you could get, that, that all the insights ethnography is capable of unearthing. Well, okay, I guess I should, um, I should define the word ethnography for a minute, uh, for a sec at least. According to, uh, to this website, discoveranthropology.org, ethnography is... Um, I quote the record the recording and analysis of a culture or society usually based on participant observation and resu- resulting in a written account of a people place or institution end quote so yeah you you know how the usual saying goes in order to understand one must experience firsthand yeah right i, gu- I guess yeah right so it's it's so simple and obvious but you know well the thing with the simple and obvious that they're oftentimes mm, overlooked it's kind of it's kind of shameful really but you know you know honestly I, honestly i wouldn't have 
I wouldn't have thought of ethnography and its useful, uh, powerful intersect with public health before. You know, back then, if 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 somebody would ask me, "Hey, how's Lawang? How's how's healthcare being done there?" I'd be all, you know, "Oh, oh well, Google Google says, you know, yada yada." Like the this is what I cert- this is this is what Google says about Laang, you know, and it'd be just that it'd be just that, you know, doing uh, doing research at the comfort of my own home, at my own convenience, which is which is what I think has been has been missing from all the classroom education stuff I've had, and I've really really gleaned on. All, on loads of stuff from my short time in Lawang, which is is relatively shorter than the rest of the ambassadors. I've only stayed for like five days, but I've already learned so much. As I was particularly particularly interested in ethnopharmacy i i learned a lot about herbal medicine and uh the various ways that one can use a plant in order to alleviate pain and other symptoms uh, i've i've actually there's there's um there's this one interesting thing uh, i'd like to share to you guys um i've heard about sarsap fruits sarsap's kind of here in the philippines it's called guyabano i think guyabano in in English, I think it's sarsap. Yeah, it's sarsap. Yeah, it's a sarsap. It says sarsap. Google says it's sarsap. Yeah, like yeah, the guiabano here. Uh, it's the fruits. They're eaten and then used. the The fruits are are supposedly able to purge out intestinal help in purging out intestinal worms. That's what uh, my parents say, but I hadn't heard of. Guyabano of sarsap leaves being used to lower uh, blood glucose, blood sugar levels. Apparently, the locals in Samar boil the leaves and drink the infusions. Like the diabetics there, they drink it like tea. They say, you know, it's really, it's really amazing. Like, and well, speaking of speaking of uh, diabetes, when I was interacting with the locals, I've learned a lot about the differences in in health perceptions as well. Uh, well, I was with a couple of undergra- undergraduate students from Ateneo who were, you know, with me. And they were and they were interviewing this man who lived close by to the house we were staying at. And he talked of he talked of hypertension, of high blood pressure. Like it was of having, you know, high blood pressure. Like it was some kind of um self limiting condition, as if it was on um, the same level as a common cold. So, it was it was it was very interesting. It was very interesting to me, and so I asked around, and I remember most of the responses being along the lines of, you know, I, I remember one local saying, as long as it's not serious and it's not something that would entail seeing a doctor or any health professional. Like an- another example would be, um. There was this guy, one of the people I talked to in a marketplace in Laoang. He has 
you know, chronic chronic back pain and occasional bouts of flu. But, you know, he wouldn't really do anything about it as long as he thinks he thinks it's not serious. So he never took a day off from working in the market because he has to, you know, he has to earn. He has to think about his family, his two kids. Uh, school to I think I remember him him mentioning that they were of school age, but yeah, it's it's kind of interesting too since you know I'm I'm honestly kind of like that if it's <laughs> well it, I don't I'm it's it's not exactly good you know like if you think if you if you think it's not serious and you wouldn't see a health professional um, my f- my family is also like that. Like, if they think that it's not a debilitating disease or anything that would um, derail them from going to work or um, doing school schoolwork, they wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily see uh, want to see a doc. They wouldn't actually go to a doctor for for it. I think it's I think it's a Filipino. It's a Filipino thing. It's a cultural thing to say. You know, kakayanin koto, or, or in English it means I will persist. It's it's a Filipino, it's a Filipino brand of resilience. When, you know, when when it came it comes down to it, people would look at traditional medicine, at herbal medicine, herbal medicine instead of, um, uh, going to a health professional and asking for, you know, uh, Western medication. It's kind of like herbal medicine in re- herbal medicine and traditional medicine it's like it's affordable here it's accessible it's for example for back pain my parents would use uh, tawa tawa leaves or i don't know what's it called in english but it's in in the scientific name it's jatropha it's jatropha quercal leaves but here in the philippines we call it tawa tawa those leaves we we put them on our backs whenever we experience back pain, and the locals of Lawang they say they use it too. They um, pass the leaves over fire or steam or steam them, and then they place it on one the the one who is experiencing back pain. They put it on their backs so that the wind or like the air which is causing the the which is which which they say is causing the back pain you know the, the feeling that makes your back the feeling the thing that makes your back feel like it's very heavy you know it the leaves act as some 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 kind of like absorbent so you know the leaves soak up the wind or the, i don't know the air in the back and you know i've actually done it before i've actually had my back um plastered with jatropha leaves before uh, before going to to northern summer because i was experiencing some kind of like heavy heavy feeling on my back and my my mom made my brother um get leaves for me and then place it on my back it's actually it's it's actually pretty relaxing so i guess if you guys have tawa tawa leaves just you know in your backyard you could i it's it's actually it actually helped me i don't i don't know if it's just a placebo placebo effect or if there's actually um pain really pain relieving properties of the trophy which i 
it probably it will later <laughs> I'll look into it but and I'll keep you posted <laughs> I guess another th- another thing I can say about my um, northern summer experience was that I was able to interact with lots of people, lots of different people. I I, honest- I honestly think that was the best part. You know, back at home, um, back at home, back at school, I'm not really the kind of person who would be the one to approach other people first. So, you know, um. I wouldn't be the one who would, you know, ask ask them, get to know them and stuff. And it's actually one of the primary reasons why I joined Solas in the first place. So that I'd be able to, um, you know, uh, overcome that overcome that flaw of mine. So And it's it really was good for me. I met loads of different people, loads of good people. Yeah, yeah, I've l- met I've met a lot of good people heard her stories and in a way I felt that I was able to grow mentally hearing their experiences that are like they're they're different but at the same time it's like it's they have their experiences they're like different and at the same time similar to mine you know like universal things universal sentiments like dreams you know same hopes same frustrations and and various health policies in the Philippines. Yeah, so it's really it's really amazing the people I met, the stories they were able to impart to me. You know, it's it's really really amazing. Yeah, I think this is the third time, fourth time I was saying the word amazing, but it really underscores um, my whole experience in Northern Samar. Yeah, we we've. Um, we've actually met barangay health workers, midwives and nurses from the rural health centers who are so so passionate about their work. They'd go uh, they'd go far beyond of what is required of them, what is asked of them. You know, we've we've talked to barangay health workers saying that they'd love to get additional training on maternity care and basic life support, which is which is it's not exactly you know what is asked what is asked of them what's uh, it's not necessarily what they're getting paid for not in their job descri- description but you know if it results to better health outcomes for their barangay then they're actually more than willing to learn it's just it's just that they aren't exactly being trained to do this stuff and you know i do wish that they get compensated they get compensated well for all the work they do but currently things are not they're not really you know it's 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 honestly kind of frustrating but it makes me it makes me feel hopeful as well like we have well meeting those people just like assures me that there are people the first line people they're passionate hard working optimistic people I kind of I kind of envied their outlook in life, their their work ethic, and they inspired me in ways that I I can't even express. And it's something that I feel like I'd carry hopefully, you know, for the rest of my days.
the fact is, you know, when you when you think of Northern Summer and all you've seen from the papers, heard from the lectures, news, word, words from other people, and you and your and your mind kind of thinks of Northern of Northern Northern Summer and the people there as kind of like, you know, dour, helpless. You know, when you look at the statistics and all that, you kind of get this picture, a picture of a province and their people kind of makes you think that they need saving. I know it's a very paternalistic kind of way to view at it, but it's how, it's how, it's how it is. It's what the, it's what, it's the picture. It's kind of hard to explain, yeah. But well, th- their healthcare system well obviously needs a lot of th- tinkering. Yeah, I, honestly, the whole Philippine healthcare system does, as a matter of fact. But it's just when I was there, you know, e- equipped with the statistics, the, the statistics I was being fed, all the news I was being fed that yeah, so Northern Summer is not really. You know, they're not exactly a bustling city and stuff, bustling province and stuff. But when I was when I was there, I saw people who were very much comfortable in their own in their own skin. They're kind. They're they're happy people, and it's not at all like the sorrowful place some people would would like you to believe. It's not. It's not like they were in this, I don't know, like they were cast in the throes of poverty and they weep and they need saving. It's it's really not like that. They're they're very resilient. They're strong, very brave. You know, sometimes when when I when I when I was like talking to them, I I had I had this feeling that they're happier than most the most people I've met in the city. And it's really remarkable. But also, you know, it's not. It's not the people. It, the people. It's mm-hmm. well. It's definitely better if they they were able to if they are able to you know get easier access to cheap medicine, to health programs, to information, which 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 I think is very crucial. Knowledge is uh, is crucial. You know, some people they you take. They take advantage of those who do not know any better, and it's kind of, you know, I think one of the major problems this country is facing right now, not only in healthcare but in a lot of aspects. It's it's a universe. I think it's a universal thing, a systemic thing, but you know, well, well, change is inevitable, and I think my generation and the future generation, equipped with this boom in information technology with books and news and well information in general is made more accessible and i think i think we'd be able to well i hope that we'd be able to succeed in where our you know the previous generations have not been able to do well over overall it was just a really amazing experience you know <laughs> amazing yeah yeah it is it is amazing and dare i say it was life-changing yeah it's just it's such a wonderful opportunity to be able to go to northern samar and talk to the people there soak up all their energies you know both positive and negative ones but obviously the 
people there had loads and loads of positive energy that I was, you know, able to benefit from. And I was able to hear what they have to say, see how they go about their lives. It was, you know, really, <laughs> really amazing. Yeah. I felt like I had a greater appreciation for appreciation for my life uh, and the position I am in currently. And I kind of, I kind of like wished everyone would be able to experience the same thing. Like, obviously, ca- classroom lectures can only take you so far, and it it didn't really teach me a lot about all the other things people are experiencing. You know, if I don't see it, I don't know it. Out of sight, out of mind. You know, and some argue talking to people makes you know a researcher get so involved involved it may risk objectivity. But after after this research, um, I don't see that at all. You, you know, you, with ethnography, you get to the heart of the problem, you know, by asking the respondents. Sometimes you don't have to ask the respondents directly what's the problem. It, it kind of just like, pops up. And, you know, by living their lives, you, you really get to the heart of the problem. And the whole observation and interaction with the target population is what I think is the key to better health policies, management, and outcomes. And again, again, it seems so obvious, but, you know, not a lot of people can do it because, well, understandably, it's kind of, to experience it means asking the person to come out of their comfort zone, which is, I, I understand, is really difficult. But, yeah, it, it is difficult, but it really, really is worth it. I've, as I've mentioned, I've only been there for like five days, and I've learned a lot. And I, and I think that, you know, whatever profession I may end up pursue, pursuing in the future, in the future, all the things I've learned in summer are things that I definitely use to become a better version of myself, or better version of myself in whatever I then end up in in every way. So yeah, I. I guess bottom line is that go to Northern Summer, yay! <laughs> yes, really, I'm I'm actually promoting everyone who's listening to this now. You go to Northern Summer; it's it's truly a ride from start to finish. And yeah, let me thank again all the people who who have been with me all throughout this research. Um, Saira Petalio, Francis Gibson, Harriet Howells. I really couldn't ask for a better team of students to accompany me every step of the way. Dr. Lisa Decomitis, the brilliant, brilliant anthropologist and our SOLAS principal investigator, the person who is behind all of this. Thank you so, so much for your hard work and patience. And for our amazing project manager, Ms. Ms. Isa Mejaras. Thank you so much for everything that you've done and the nuggets of wisdom that you've shared to us. Thank you so, so much for being our mom. And to the very experienced, very well-esteemed Dr. Joel Kanundai, thank you so much for your unending, unending support and for giving, giving us tips all throughout, all throughout the fieldwork. To Ms. Cherry Alfeler, Mr. Miguel Alberto, Mr. Matthew Mactangay. Ms. Chinchin Luto, Ms. Aiza Banyas, to the Health Sciences Department, Dr. Shaw, and all the others who made everything possible. Thank you so, so much. 
if the opportunity if the opportunity you know ever comes i'd definitely love to work with you guys again and whether it's on global health research or something else entirely i'd definitely be like want to join once again thank you so so much and with that i end this hopefully not so long podcast yeah i hope that i had i hadn't bored you guys at all thank you so so much for listening and once again we are Celeste. Solace is jointly funded by the Arts and Humanities and Medical Research Council in the United Kingdom. Solace is one of the Global Challenges Research Projects and is led by Dr. Lisa DeCamites at Keele University. For more information, please visit the Solace website at www.solace-research.com. That's www.solace-research.com or follow us on Twitter at solace underscore research.